What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we're going to go over how you can use caffeine and continue to drink coffee without screwing up your sleep. Because remember, the last thing we want to do during a fat loss phase, during a mass gaining phase, if you're focused on performance, really ever, is mess up your sleep. But before we get into that and how you can make sure that your coffee isn't screwing up your sleep, I have a couple announcements to make. So first of all, if you find this episode helpful, if you know a fellow coffee addict that could use this information, definitely go ahead and share it with them. Uh, the more people we can get listening to the podcast, the more people we're helping, and that's always the goal over here. So that would be very much appreciated. And secondly, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and share it on your social media, on your Instagram story, tag me in it, and let me know what one thing you learned was, and uh, let me know who and what you want to hear on the podcast going forward, so that way I can get to know you, get to know who's listening, and uh, get to know what you want to hear going forward. That's always good. And last, but definitely not least, if you haven't already, definitely go check out the Athlete's Guide to Nutritional Periodization. 75 pages, nine chapters takes you through exactly how to set up your own individualized nutrition protocol for optimal athletic performance. So if you're an athlete or you know someone who's an athlete, you're a coach, this should be like required reading material for you. Like no joke. It's super in-depth and takes you through the exact process. And I'm really proud of it. So definitely go check it out. It's completely free. So click the link down below, enter your name, your email, and it's all yours. So enough of the announcements. As always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to tune in. And without further ado, let's get into the, let's get into today's episode. All right, so for today's episode, as promised, I'm going to teach you how to utilize coffee without messing up your sleep because as many of us know, a lot of people are closet caffeine addicts or not even closet caffeine addicts, like admitted caffeine addicts. Like I know I am for sure. I drink like two cups a day, which isn't terrible. When you look at it, a lot of people, I heard on a, I had Cody's podcast that he was drinking like seven cups of coffee a day, which is absolutely insane. Don't know how he did that without having an anxiety attack, but um, it is possible. And uh, many of us are caffeine addicts. So definitely learning how to use caffeine without overdoing it and without messing up our sleep is going to be super, super important to making sure you see long-term results. Because as many of you probably already know, caffeine gives you a sense of energy. And the way it does this in the body is it's what's called an adenosine receptor antagonist. Sounds complicated, but it's actually not too complicated. Um, what that means, what antagonist means or receptor antagonist means. So in the body, there's your cells have a bunch of different receptors. And they essentially act kind of like a lock and the ligand or yeah, the ligand that's like the general term for it. It's like hormones fall into this category, but also things like exogenous substances like caffeine can fall into the category of a ligand and a ligand attaches to the receptor and triggers some sort of cascade, some sort of response from that. And so, like I said, caffeine is what's called an adenosine receptor antagonist. So it's an antagonist and that means it prevents um, the intended ligand, the intended molecule from attaching to that receptor. So I know I promised I said I was going to keep it simple. Um, here's where it gets simple. So you have the adenosine receptor. What attaches to that or what wants to attach to that is adenosine. And adenosine is a byproduct of, um, of ATP cleavage. So when it becomes ADP, um, 
one, one of the byproducts is adenosine. So what adenosine does, it binds to these receptors. And when it does that, it triggers a, all a cascade of responses in your neurons, um, your brain cells that kind of the net effect is for you to get drowsy. It's to increase what's called sleep pressure. So as adenosine builds up and attaches to these receptors throughout your brain and your neurons, you start to feel drowsy, you start to feel tired, and it wants to make you fall asleep. What coffee does to combat this and give you that false sense of energy, or not false sense of energy, like you genuinely do get a, a sense of perceived um, increase in energy. But how it does this is it essentially competes with adenosine for a spot on those receptors. So it's a very, it's chemical structure, structure. I don't know why I can't talk right now. Um, it's chemical structure. It's actually pretty similar to adenosine, but not quite exactly the same. So it's similar enough that it can bind to those receptors and take up space and prevent adenosine from attaching to it. But it's not quite um, there to the point where it's actually going to trigger that cascade of um downstream effects that leads to that drowsiness and that increased sleep pressure so it essentially helps you feel more energy feel more awake by preventing adenosine from binding to its receptor and alleviating that sleep pressure before we get into why that matters there's another uh, thing that caffeine is very um important for and it actually affects um another type of adenosine receptor which is kind of implicated with the neurotransmitter dopamine. So if you guys know, dopamine is the neurotransmitter that's responsible for your like reward system and pleasure and things like that. Um, so what it does is, let me see, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. Um, so on the receptor, there's like two little slots. And when adenosine binds to the receptor, it essentially changes the shape of the receptor changes the structure of the receptor so that dopamine doesn't fit in there anymore. Um, and when adenosine's not in there, the receptor is wide open, dopamine can get in there and trigger that cascade of um, things that make like they have to do with the reward, the reward side of things and that sort of stuff. Um, so again, caffeine as an adenosine receptor antagonist is going to prevent that kind of shape shift of the receptor from happening. And it's going to allow dopamine to continue to bind to that receptor and get you all those positive effects that make you feel good and feel ready to go. Um, so not only does it alleviate, help alleviate sleep pressure, it also um, contributes to your dopamine response in your brain. So that's, it's kind of a one-two punch. Now, back to the adenosine receptors, um, which is solely for adenosine and solely just makes you drowsy and increase sleep pressure. What does that um, have to do? Let's see. So the thing a lot of people don't realize is that although caffeine prevents adenosine from binding to this receptor, adenosine doesn't go anywhere. It's not like it magically disappears. It doesn't get excreted. It doesn't magically um, vanish from your bloodstream. It's still there. It's still building up over the course of the day. So over the course of the day, as we get closer and closer to the afternoon and evening, adenosine is building up, building up, building up, because naturally your body wants to get tired and go to sleep later in the day. Now, if you keep drinking caffeine, let me see, I lost my train of thought there. I lost my train of words. Um, but as you keep drinking, when you drink caffeine, it prevents adenosine from binding to that receptor. 
so you don't feel drowsy, you don't feel tired, you don't, you don't feel lethargic, you feel alert. But like I said, adenosine isn't going anywhere. So it's building up, building up, building up, building up. And as soon as caffeine loosens its grip on the adenosine receptor, as soon as it lets go, adenosine, it's like a tidal wave. And that's why you experience the caffeine crash, especially when you start to get a decreased tolerance for caffeine and it takes more caffeine to do the same job. You drink one cup of coffee when you're used to drinking five, six cups of coffee a day, you drink one cup of coffee, one, two hours later, you feel that crash because it already let loose of the adenosine receptor and adenosine took advantage of that. And now that's why you feel drowsy and tired. That's why you need to drink another cup of coffee to stave that off for a little bit longer until it happens again. Then what do you do? You drink another cup of coffee and so on and so forth until you become a full-on caffeine addict and might need a 12-step program to get out of it. A little bit of a hyperbole there, but kind kind of not really. Caffeine is literally like one of the hardest things to come off of. Like I, I can do it. I know like whenever I try to wean myself off, off of caffeine, I feel like crap. Like the withdrawal symptoms are real. Um, but nonetheless, that's how caffeine works. I know there's a lot of receptor, ligand, hormone, whatever, like neurotransmitters, all that talk, all that science talk. The reality is what you got to know is that caffeine helps you feel more alert, but that doesn't stop the thing in the background from building up that's going to cause that caffeine crash. And also the thing that really is relevant to this episode is that caffeine has a half-life of, I believe it's roughly six hours. I think it's five to six hours is caffeine's half-life. So what that means is that when you drink, let's say you drink a bang energy drink, which has 300 milligrams of caffeine fast forward six hours later under normal circumstances, and 150 of that, 150 milligrams of that caffeine is still circulating in your bloodstream. So, and that, just to put that into perspective, 150 milligrams is roughly the amount in like a cold brew cup of coffee. So, if you drink like a bang energy drink or take pre-workout or drink coffee, like past, let's say, five or four or five in the afternoon, that's really late, uh, honestly, to be drinking caffeine. Fast forward to 10, 11 o'clock at night, you're, you still have half of that caffeine in your bloodstream. No wonder you can't fall asleep. No wonder your sleep quality sucks. No wonder you're waking up in the middle of the night. And that's not what we want happening when your goal is fat loss, muscle gain, and performance. We want to make sure your sleep quality is really on point. So the goal with this episode is to not, not to convince you not to drink caffeine. It's not to fear monger you into banishing it to improve your sleep quality. Now, would it help with sleep quality? Probably. So you'd sleep a lot better if you just went cold turkey, but you'd also feel like shit during the rest of your day. And that's not what we want. So I want to teach you how to use caffeine in a responsible way so you can still enjoy your cup of coffee. You can still enjoy your bang energy drink if that is your drink of choice. Uh, you can still enjoy your pre-workout and uh, get all amped up before you go in the gym. Um, I'm not going to talk about that side of things on this episode, I really just want to keep it for like uh, using caffeine in the right way to preserve sleep quality. I'll do a whole other episode. So I don't have that much time to record right now. So um, I'll do a whole other episode just going in detail on like the ergogenic benefits, benefits of caffeine, the performance benefits and stuff like that. But for today, I'm just going to discuss like its effects on sleep quality and how you can mitigate that. So like I said, the half-life of caffeine is six hours roughly. So Ideally, 
I like to recommend that you drink your coffee, you drink your your caffeine-containing beverages or supplements at some time before 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I found that that's a pretty good cutoff point to where, like, if you drink past 2 p.m., you're probably going to affect your sleep quality. Before that, you're probably fine. To be on the safe side, I honestly try to keep it before noon um, unless I'm feeling a little run down and might drink a little bit more coffee at, like, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. But most of the time... I drink my two cups before noon. So that way I can still get the coffee in. I can still feel awake and not feel like crap because of my caffeine withdrawal symptoms. Um, So I still get the caffeine in, still feel good, still enjoy the taste of my coffee. By the way, coffee um, mixed with macadamia nut milk and like a little bit of stevia is amazing. So try that. You're welcome. Um, But nonetheless, I still enjoy that. Still get the energy boost. Still get the performance boost, the focus boost that comes along with caffeine, uh, the mood benefits like we talked about, it affects that dopamine receptor. So still get that, but I'm just not shooting myself in the foot when it comes to sleep quality. Come 10 o'clock at night when I go to sleep, out like a light, like 15 minutes in. Last night, honestly, was a little weird. First time in a long time that I've had issues with sleep quality, I was waking up like every two hours and it was the most annoying thing because it literally never happens. Most of the time, out within 15, 20 minutes, which is ideal, and maybe wake up once, but if I do wake up, I, I'm back asleep within five minutes, and it's not something I have to stress over, and I still enjoy my two cups of coffee, so it's definitely doable. You just have to time the caffeine correctly, and please, please, please be aware of what's in your pre-workout supplement. I can't tell you how many times that Someone's complaining, oh, I can't sleep. My sleep sucks. I don't drink coffee. Like, what's going on? You look a little deeper. They work out at 6 p.m. at 5.45 in the afternoon. They're drinking a, a pre-workout that has 350 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, no shit, you can't sleep. You're drinking more caffeine than is in my two, than, than is in my two cups of coffee at 6 p.m. at night. Midnight comes around. There's still 150, 175 milligrams of caffeine circulating in your bloodstream. No wonder you can't fall asleep. Simple fix, just either don't take the pre-workout because you don't need it to have a good workout is despite what you might think, or two, to get the stimulant-free version. I know Legion Athletics, I've plugged them a couple times. Again, not sponsored by them. Would be awesome if I was, but I'm not. Uh, but I've plugged them a couple times. And they have a pre-workout that one version does have caffeine. I think it's like 300 milligrams, just like the optimal dose. Um but they have a version that's stimulant-free, specifically caffeine-free. So that way you can still enjoy it. You can still, if you like beta-alanine or L-citrulline or whatever, all that other stuff, um, you can still enjoy that. You can still get the beta-alanine tingles and get the benefits of that, get the ergogenic benefits of those compounds without having to sacrifice sleep quality because your dumbass took 350 milligrams of caffeine at 6 p.m. in the evening just please like that's the that's the easiest fix if your sleep quality sucks just look at those like hidden landmines of caffeine throughout your day like that that tea you had has a little bit of caffeine maybe it's not that much but maybe for you your genetics you're sensitive to it pay attention to that decaf coffee has a little bit of caffeine in it so if you're having that at 8 p.m at night you might want to look into that you might want to take that out to see how it works for you those little switches, that little that little switch, just looking for those caffeine landmines, specifically energy drinks uh, and pre-workout supplements are the biggest culprits in this case. 
People are like, oh, I don't drink coffee past 2 p.m. I don't know why I can't sleep. Yeah, because you're drinking a bang at 6 p.m. That, that does have 300 milligrams of caffeine. You realize that, right? It's such an easy fix. And I'm not saying this to sound like a, sound like an asshole, but like, it's just one of those things. It's like, once you see it, it's like, Oh, I was doing that. Damn. Like, yeah. But the good thing is once you realize you're doing it, ideally you'll stop. There's some people that still continue to drink bangs at like 7 PM before their CrossFit class. And you do you bro. But if I'd rather be able to have some semblance of a good quality sleep that night, than uh, rather than PR my, my clean and jerk. So that's just me. Um, that sleep quality is going to be huge. So just make sure that you use caffeine responsibly. And I'm kind of going on a rant right now. It's also like 9, 13 PM. And I've just spent the whole day writing and revising a uh, English paper in a speech for my speech class. So I'm a little bit delirious right now, but it's fine. Um, usually when I'm slightly delirious makes for a good podcast episode. So I think this one turned out pretty good, pretty entertaining, pretty entertaining, pretty informative. Um, let me know what you guys think. Um, Hopefully you guys drop a five-star rating and review if you find this episode helpful, if you find the podcast in general helpful. Like I said in the intro, if you know any caffeine addict friends, definitely share this with them. And just to wrap it up, the main takeaway for this episode is you don't have to memorize how caffeine works in your body. Is it cool in my opinion? Yeah, I think so. But you don't have to memorize that. Just know that it has a half-life of six hours. That means when you drink 300 milligrams, 150 is still in your bloodstream six hours later just be aware of that and time your caffeine accordingly like i said before 2 p.m seems to be seems to be like that cutoff time maybe you can push it to three depending on the individual um maybe you can push it to three past three you can it's gonna be really tough not have seen negative side effects from that in terms of sleep quality even if you do it even if you are able to fall asleep i wouldn't be surprised if your sleep quality vastly improves if you dial back the caffeine later in the day, even if you can fall asleep, if you're one of those people that's like, Oh, but I can drink coffee right before I go to bed and I can fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. But if you look deeper, like let's say you use like an aura ring or a, or a whoop or whatever, something that tracks your sleep, you'll probably see that your sleep quality is not the best. And if you're waking up the next morning feeling drowsy and lethargic and like you want to hit snooze 50 million times, try cutting out that caffeine and uh, or dialing it back to earlier in the day and seeing how that works for you so before 2 p.m i um that's the ideal cutoff perfect world i would try to keep keep it before noon if you can do that you're golden like i drink two cups of coffee a day and it doesn't affect my sleep i'm sure it does to some extent but like you know what i mean not noticeable um to where it's affecting my performance or my results so again hopefully this episode was helpful for you um if you find it helpful like i said uh i don't know why i talk like that um, but like i said um if you find it helpful go ahead and share it with one person that you know that fellow caffeine addict friend of yours and yeah let me know if you have any questions about anything as always my inbox is always open on uh on instagram i am on facebook i don't use them that much but if you want to shoot me a message there go for it i'll respond and on email as well <laughs> on email um it's starting to show that it's like 9 15 in the evening right now so Before I let this get uh, too far off the rails, thank you so much for listening and uh, let me know if you have any questions and I will hopefully have a great rest of your day and I will catch you tomorrow for episode three of the ultimate guide to fat loss. I'm excited about that one.